You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, it's Monday in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. Hope you've had a good start to your week this week. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball. The Bulldogs dropping a game yesterday 5-4 to four to Tulane and losing two out of three on the road down in New Orleans. And, of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents in all 82 counties. Their customer service is fantastic. If you're in the market for life insurance, car, home insurance, casualty insurance, whatever you need, great customer service at Farm Bureau. Charlie, we still don't have a name yet. I know we've been kind of debating on this for a couple of weeks now, and with everything that happened this past weekend, we could have gone from um, from manic to meltdown to a lot of different things we could talk about. But, uh, hey, here we are. You lose two out of three against Tulane. For all intents and purposes, hey, everybody's on edge right now. And we realize that. We understand that. And to be honest with you, going back to the point, we can understand. But at the end of the day, a tough weekend for State on the road in New Orleans. Yeah, and uh, no time to sit around licking your wounds, right? Because you've got apparently a two-game set with Texas Tech. We'll see if they get the second one of those in. There's a lot of rain in the forecast throughout the state of Mississippi over the next couple of days. We've had some good showers in Startville today. A few more said to be on the way, but it's supposed to get a little rain down on the coast. Now, last I saw, looks pretty good around game time tomorrow. Wednesday, though, didn't look quite as promising. No, it didn't. And what kind of begs the question, if you were playing this game in Startville, in a game that you can control, the Texas Tech's probably flying in. They're going right back out for a weekend series. They're playing in Houston this weekend. Do you play a doubleheader in the game tomorrow? Now, with the Shuckers kind of running everything tomorrow and Wednesday, I don't even know if that's an option. I've actually had a couple people ask me that question today. And the simple answer is, is I don't know. And something else I don't know, I did see in the release, and I do know that this game tomorrow and Wednesday will be broadcast evidently on the SEC Network Plus. And I want to go ahead and get that out there as well, is when you tune in and listen to the top of the first inning, that ain't me and Charlie. I don't know who it's going to be, but it ain't us. And that could be good. You could be happy. You could be extremely happy. That it's not us. That it's not us. Won't make any prejudgments. We'll call it objectively as we see it. Yes. Or not at all. That's right. In which case, it says a lot about what we think. Usually, we stay quiet when it comes to that. But I just want to say, you guys always give me a hard time for looking at Google Maps during ball games. All right? That's all I want to say. <laughs> at least you know where Germantown High School Y'all is. Y'all give me a hard time about looking at Google Maps and Wikipedia and Googling a lot of things. But anyway, I'm just saying. All right, so yesterday, let's look back at that game yesterday. State loses 5-4 to, uh, to Tulane. That's enough about yesterday, don't you think? No. No, no, no we've got to talk about it. First of all, I think on the weekend, you know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday on Sunday Coffee. The job that Preston Johnson did in his start was really good. If you talk about storylines from a positive standpoint on the weekend, you have to think about Preston Johnson. I thought Kate Smith was okay yesterday, four hits. I mean, four runs on eight hits. He gave up four hits in the first inning. Three strikeouts and two walks. Uh, we went to the bullpen and lost the lead. We 
Well, we came out to start the game, got down 2 nothing, and then we were down 3-1. We tied the game at 3. We took a 4-3 lead in the 7th and then give up a run in the 7th inning and then the 8th inning, a balk that drives in a run in the 7th inning and then the 8th inning, a couple doubles in that inning. And so uh, yesterday, I guess the thing you'd have to say about Tally coming in late, he takes the loss, an inning and a third of work. First time we've seen him this year, he pitched on Friday night just a little bit. He gives up one run on two hits. Those are the two doubles in the eighth inning yesterday. But he threw strikes, 15 pitches, 13 strikes. Now, a couple of those got turned around. But at the end of the day, I thought Tally was okay in that game. Got a couple flyouts and a couple ground outs, and you lose five to four. If you're looking for anything positive, and, yeah, we only had four runs on four hits yesterday. Surely five. Should have been five. Uh, Logan Tanner was two for three in my book. It has him at one for three. They call one of those balls an error that I don't even think the second baseman even touched. But you can't get upset when you lose two out of three. That, that's nitpicky. You, you mean you can't get upset about the scorer? No, you can't well, get upset can about You certainly the, get upset about losing two out of three, right? No, I'm, I'm talking about getting upset about official scoring of a base hit when you, when you lose two out of three. So, Charlie, Hunter Hines this weekend, we're beginning to see the power from Hunter Hines. I thought we, you know, we hit it. We had some better at-bats this weekend. But, uh, man, when you look in the SEC right now, and, of course, you can't compare SEC statistics oranges to oranges right now or apples to apples, whatever you want to do, whatever fruit that you like. But right now we're grounding out more than any team in the SEC. Didn't expect that. I thought this would be a team that would struggle popping the ball up, hitting fly balls. I thought we'd have a little more lift than we did last year. I did too. You now, know, look- but you know what we do have? We got more swing and miss than we had last year. We do. And I tell you what, just looking at the SEC stats that came out today after the weekend, the thing that is a little bit troublesome is this is a team that only has 15 doubles all season. But as a pitching staff, we've given up the most doubles of any pitching staff in the SEC. And so, so many times we want to look at home runs, but to me, doubles tell you a lot. Extra base hits is telling us that we're having to get a lot of singles to manufacture runs and having a tough time on the backside. So anyway, at the end of the day, we lost two out of three at Tulane. Was not a good weekend. Now six and six on the season. And so now to uh, Texas Tech. Yeah. Well, you got to – I don't know when you can stop saying this, but look, you go down and you lose two to Texas Tech. I think Kendall Rogers can sleep easy knowing that his Twitter account will not be getting lit up all throughout April wanting to know if we're going to host. You can't create a great year early in the season, but you can kind of mess one up. And I think that's kind of where, where we are. I think we're getting pretty close to not even really putting ourselves in much of the conversation. Hey, look, you go win 22 games in the SEC, yeah, but that's a pretty tall order. Because here's the other thing. We tend to talk about winning and losing. Let's talk about the pieces. What are you going to do it with? Because – we still don't know. There's still no official release on Landon Sims. All the reports are that he's getting an MRI today. And I go back to the point that uh, we made the other day for people talking about he had blisters and all this. You don't MRI blister, all right? When you see somebody come out of the game, they're getting an MRI, it ain't good. And the best case is he's gone a month. But that even is a fantasy, right? I mean, you, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but. When you're a potential first-round pick and this is going on, I'd hate to say it, but we've probably seen the end of it. I hope that I'm wrong. But then we haven't seen Casey Hunt in a while. Uh, There's kind of talk out there about the degree to which, if any, that Stone Simmons is having a little tightness and whether that had anything to do with him being in or not. So all of a sudden, then you start to go back and people are like, well, I'm tired of seeing this reliever or that reliever. You're running out of options. 
uh, because some of the people who haven't necessarily performed are going to have to run back out there. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, just some quiet behind-the-scenes talk right now about Stone Simmons, you know, down in Biloxi, and, and that may be the reason he did come out of the game on Saturday and uh, have to give away to Parker Stinnett in that game on Saturday. Yeah, all of a sudden, you start talking about pitching depth, then all of a sudden you start wondering where the depth is. And, okay, let me ask you this question, Charlie. Last week, when we got here on Monday, we talked about playing Grambling on Tuesday and then Southern Miss on Wednesday. And what do you do pitching-wise, playing two games in the midweek because you had Tulane coming up and how big that weekend series would be with Tulane? You've got Princeton this weekend coming up. And so Tuesday, Wednesday, these are the games right here that can help you. Am I, am I wrong on saying that? No, not at all. you got to throw everything you got at these two games, don't you? Kind of goes back to the Scott Berry philosophy. I'm going to worry about tomorrow tomorrow. But today I'm going to win the one we're playing. And we got to try to win the one we're playing when we get there tomorrow and then again on Wednesday. You know, that's the positive. Is you're not going to see, if you're us Tuesday to Wednesday, we're not going to see Andrew Morris, the right-hander for Texas Tech. We're not going to see Birdsell. We're probably going to see Chase Hampton. Well, we are going to see Chase Hampton in the game tomorrow night, in the first game. So, what's Chase Hampton? He's a fastball at 93. He'll go 89 to 93, three-quarter arm slot. But he's a fastball slider type guy. And he's going through fastballs and sliders to both sides of the plate. Of course, we don't have many left-handed hitters in the lineup. He's not going to throw much of a change. He'll throw it every night in. He's got it in his repertoire, but he's not going to throw it much. But here's the thing pitched about Pitched against us last year. Pitched against us last year. If he gets down, he's going to throw you a fastball. He does not throw many sliders at all in a 1-0 count, 2-0 count. If it's even, if it's a a 3-2 count, he's probably going to throw you a fastball. He has not shown any breaking ball stuff when he falls behind. And so that's just, and and that's me watching a couple outings of his here early in the year. It's just realizing he when he gets ahead, he's going to throw slider. When he's not ahead, he's going to throw fastball. Yeah, they pitched two innings against us last year, but I think gave up three earned runs, walked a couple of guys. But that was his first college outing, so probably can't draw too much from what he did against you a year ago. But I think going back and looking at some of those outings from this year, a little more instructive perhaps. Hey, when you look at the offense of Texas Tech, you have to start with their three-hole hitter, left-handed hitter, Jace Young. I mean, the guy's been hitting well. Leading a team and hitting right now, 381, two home runs, 11 RBIs. You knew coming in, this lineup was going to be about Young. Now, that's J-U-N-G, Young. Right, J-U-N-G, Young. They had their difficulties the first weekend offensively. Now, they have gotten a little bit better. Now, they played Merrimack this past weekend. So, it's not they played Dallas Baptist a couple games. They won a couple games against Dallas Baptist. So, their offensive numbers may be skewed a little bit because they're coming off a four-game series with Merrimack, but a team that's batting 295. But you start looking up and down the order, you know, Young is, is a guy that can bother you in that three spot in the order. And, hey, I don't know if we've really solidified who we're going to start in this game. And, you know, Young didn't get off to the best start on the year. But then this past weekend, Merrimack did him some favors. He had 11 hits in the games against Merrimack. He went 11 for 20. That'll help the average. And so, Ray, in fact, coming into the weekend, he was hitting 208. He leaves the weekend hitting 381. So, Merrimack, kind of a sight for sore eyes for Jace Young. But look, this is a guy who was named like seven different All American teams a year ago as a sophomore. He can play. He can play. He's a third year sophomore, draft eligible guy. But look, he's probably, well, I got to think this through, but he's certainly one of the best second basemen you're going to see all year. We talked a minute ago about us not getting lift. He's a guy that looks to get lift. 
Wait, 21 home runs last year. And that ballpark down at MGM Park, where it faces the southeast, east, northeast, the wind 10 to 15 miles an hour. So it's going to be cutting across from left field foul pole to right field foul pole. So it's not going to hurt him a whole lot trying to pull the ball out the right field. He's a guy that likes to get lift, and he's a mistake hitter. I mean, if you get behind on him on a 2-0 fastball, he's going to try to hit the Beau Ravage. Well, and can do it. That's the other thing. Like, you, know, you go back and you play 56 games in a season, you hit 21 home runs. That's some power. They don't have many left-handed hitters in their lineup, but this is going to be an aggressive team. That's what Tim Tadlock is, an aggressive team at the plate. They've got a good catcher behind the plate with a plus arm. And so, yeah, it'll be a good team. And uh, this look back at this past weekend brought to you by our good friends at Heartland Catfish. And we talked about Heartland last Wednesday and Heartland producing that great U.S. farm-raised catfish. We were talking about Warner's Fish House in Bogalusa, Louisiana. I actually got a text on Saturday from a guy I know in South Mississippi, and he says, hey, we're going to New Orleans this weekend. We had not even heard of Warner's Fish House, but we decided to ride over, and, hey, you guys were right. The fish was fantastic. And so, hey, we're not going to lie to you here. We're going to tell you the truth. And so go by and see our great friends at Warner's Fish House in Bogalusa, Louisiana down on Avenue F, just outside of downtown. And once again, the Warner's Fish House in Bogalusa, serving that great fish that they get from our good friends at Heartland Catfish. Charlie, when you look around the SEC, there were some teams this weekend that did not play well either. You look at Arkansas, once again losing a Friday game. They gave up seven runs in the sixth inning in their Friday game and lost to Southeastern Louisiana 7-3. to So, I mean, that's a top-five team losing on a Friday night. Second time we've seen it this year. They lost to Illinois State in the season opener, but now another Friday night loss. And in that game, their bullpen was roughed up a bit. Gave up the seven-run sixth inning and lose 7-3. to three. Georgia Tech beat Georgia 11-7 to seven on Friday. Miami beat Florida 5-2 to two on Friday. Clemson swept South Carolina. Now, Florida came back and won Saturday and Sunday. But then you look at Texas beat Tennessee. T- Tennessee, to me, is the team that's kind of the surprise right now in the league. Even though they lost that game, that's their only loss of the year against Texas on Friday. But man, they're hitting it well. They're pitching it well. And let me tell you what they did. What what Tony Vitello did. They got some guys in the, from the transfer portal in the off season, and they have just reloaded at Knoxville. No, they certainly haven't. Man, they got some arms. See the radar gun showing 103. That's crazy. Absolutely nuts. And look, you can say it's juiced up. Okay, say it's five miles an hour hot. It's still getting it up there. Yeah. And and you know what. It's hot for everybody if that's the case. So it's still, yeah, it's running it up there. It's still really hard to tell where we are, teams. And you go back to what have we said about the SEC coming in. Everybody's trying to figure out their pitching. Everybody's trying to figure out what's their rotation going to be. And now we find ourselves in the spot where Arkansas was and Tennessee to some degree. You know, all of a sudden you got a guy that can't go. And unfortunately, right now it looks like everything that can go wrong is going wrong for Mississippi State. Ole Miss is 10-1. They lost the Saturday game against Central Florida. They won two out of three on the road at Central Florida. That's a good weekend series for them. You look at LSU, they kicked it around yesterday. They had five errors in the game yesterday and a loss to Baylor. But you know offensively what you're getting with LSU. That's that's the thing that's really been curious to me so far through the first 12 games is, is you look at, uh, you know, you kind of look at what we've done and you're having trouble in your lineup. You're having trouble sometimes out of the bullpen. The one thing you have to say, the fielding hasn't bothered us too much. We've defended okay. And Charlie, Chris Lamonas talked about this yesterday. He said, I got a bunch of players right now that seem like they're getting tight in tight situations. And that's kind of how we're playing right now, tight and tight situations. Yeah. So, 
you look at it, though, we needed Logan Tanner to get off to a good start. He's done that. He's hitting 364, a couple of home runs. He wanted Hunter Hines to play well. He's doing that. Brad Cumbus, Luke Hancock, Cameron James. The problem is that there's a really significant gap kind of from there down. Aaron Downs has showed something. He just doesn't have the number of games, so that's kind of why I leave him out. But we just got to have more of it, right? You know, you saw this weekend trying to make an adjustment, getting Seabird in the lineup. And you know what, Seabird, you know, he's hitting 333, so trying to give you something. But uh, right now we're just a little bit off in a lot of areas, and these injuries are just looks just going to be something that we're going to have to to watch because our our pitching staff is on the edge of being not just down a man, but being depleted. Yeah, essentially four guys hitting over 300 right now. And that's not counting McGowan, who's three for eight, and Downs, who's five for 14, and Von Siebert, who's five for 15. But essentially guys that have been in your order with over 40 at-bats, you know, you've got three guy, four guys batting over 300. Started to get some pop this weekend. We thought this team was going to hit some home runs. And with the wind blowing out, we got some home runs and got them in the air. Kellum Clark had a couple home runs this weekend. We've got to get Kellum going. It's not about just somebody in right field. We've got to get more pop from the left side as well. If you got Hines and Kellum Clark getting hot, you can't be just a one-dimensional ball club and just a right-handed hitting heavy team. Well, is that a reason that maybe we see more of Von Siebert coming up? You know, Siebert uh, this weekend had a couple hits in that game on Friday, went two for six. You got a left-hander in there. I mean, do you think we see more of him maybe? Probably so. He's got a big swing. And well, that's, and that that's, kind of fits right in, doesn't it? Yeah, he's got a big swing. And that was kind of the, the good and the bad in the fall is he had a big swing. And so, yeah, you may see him more in the outfield. I thought it was interesting moving Cumbus to center field. You know, Brad's a little bit more athletic than we think. Got back and made a couple of good catches this weekend. But you could definitely tell the outfield is out there right now. It's not about the defense right now. It's about trying to get some, some kind of manufacturing of runs going on somewhere, somehow. Well, and so you start to say, where else do we need help? You need help at second base, but – are you encouraged? Jaeger has a couple of multi-hit games this weekend. He had not had a multi-hit game all season coming in. He goes, I think, two for three on Friday, two for five on Saturday. Didn't have a hit, but just two at bats yesterday, reached by a walk. Are you encouraged maybe that maybe he's warming up a little bit? Because, look, here's the bottom line. We can talk about who's got the best glove up the middle, but at some point, somebody up the middle's got a hit. You can't give away both spots up the middle hitting. And that's, you know, the text groups that I'm in, that's a question. you got to find somebody and can hit. Who's it going to be right now? Yeah, that's the thing. Somebody's, uh, somebody's got to do it. So you look forward. I guess we get together. We've got our midweek show coming up. We'll have uh, a couple of conversations for you then. But I guess we will not be back together until, what, Thursday to be able to look back and see what happened on these next two games, right? That'll yeah. be the first time we get to break those down. And so – when we get together on Thursday, we'll have a little deep dig looking at Princeton. But I think as much of anything, we're going to be kind of, as much as we're looking forward, i got a feeling we're going to have be wanting to spend a little bit of time looking back at what happened here in the midweek. And then, you know, you just hope, never mind Mississippi State, ne- never mind wins and losses. One of the things you just really, really hope to hear is some good news for Landon Sims. I mean, that guy, look, he'll go down. I don't care if he never throws another pitch, and he probably won't. That guy will go down as one of the, the all-time Bulldogs, man. Yep, owe him a lot of gratitude. The way he played it, the way he pitched it, and, hey, I'm proud he was a Bulldog, no doubt. Hey, tomorrow, I'm going to head down to Biloxi. You going down too? I am going. Going down to Biloxi. I've got to ride to Jackson first, and so that means I'll drive by 
Country Meat Packers in Florence on Highway 49 on the way down to Hattiesburg and then on the way down to the coast. And Country Meat Packers, I probably won't be able to pick anything up. I may come back through there. But the butcher shop, they're expanding it. Put some country-pleasing sausage on the grill this past weekend with some steaks. You just can't go wrong with any of the sausage at country-pleasing sausage. and It's just blowing up right now. It's just going in so many different areas. I was in Costco last week. They've got a ton of it in Costco. I went over to Sam's. They had a ton of it in Sam's and just throughout the great grocery stores in the state of Mississippi. If you're going down to Louisiana, hey, a lot of people coming back from New Orleans, they use country pleasing at a lot of the restaurants, a lot of the great restaurants you hear about down in New Orleans. And so country pleasing sausage in Florence, Mississippi, right there on Highway 49. All right, Charlie. Hey, there just really ain't a whole lot to say. Well, I'll give you something, Bart. I am pulling very hard for Jackson Fristo here in the midweek. You start to look. Somebody's going to have to come up to the rotation, right? And who's it going to be? Well, we don't know about Simmons. Fristo's been there. But you need him to throw strikes and miss some bats, and he's got the ability. He does. He's got the ability. I mean, he's got the fastball. He's got a good breaking ball. He just has to locate. He's got to get ahead. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pulling for Jackson Fristo hard. Now the question then becomes, you know, what do you do on the weekend? Do you move Preston Johnson up a day? Do you move Kate Smith up a day? I mean, what? Do you, that's the question that begins to be entered into the mind now. Well, I will say this. I'm leaving Kate Smith on Sunday no matter what. Look, they all three count the same, right? And I don't know. I would be willing to consider moving Preston Johnson up, but I, I don't want to push Cade Smith ahead of where he needs to be. Um, let's let him have some success in that in that third game for a while. I think he matches up good with anybody there. Let the guy have some success before you start you know, trying to put too much on him. In a, in a team that's kind of struggling a little bit mentally right now, I don't know that I want to add one more thing to somebody. But Preston Johnson just looks like a guy that, he could go ton to pitch against the Yankees tomorrow, and he's not worried. Now, he may be, but he doesn't display that he's worried. That's the thing I, I like about him. Does it concern you that we're so right-handed pitching heavy right now? Yeah, look, it concerned me coming in and into the season. Now, what was it? A couple of years ago, LSU played the whole season without a single left-handed pitcher. Yeah. You know, so it's been worse, but not much. You, know, you almost wonder if we're at the spot with Walling right now where you don't, if you play the game Wednesday, if you don't just treat it like a Cape Cod League game and just say, here's the ball, check in with us in the sixth. Yeah. You know, I don't care if they're knocking your hat off. You're going to figure this stuff out. You got five innings, and until then, don't look over here because we're not coming to get you. And you just wonder, everything we've heard is that he has the stuff. And the other thing we've heard is, you know, a lot of people have wanted to compare him to Sarantola, you know, throwing strikes and that kind of thing. Um, Sarantola, a guy who has major league stuff, just, still in the process of kind of developing it. I don't think Walling is that far off in terms of, like, having big misses, typically. I don't think he's no, been known as a guy, like, hitting the bull. No, Eric had a lot of big misses. Walling had one big miss in his only appearance, and that one went back to the screen. It was only one pitch that was a big, big miss. Wouldn't dig in there if I was you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so, but you almost wonder if you just say, look, dude, it's yours. Come see you. Because at this point, somebody's going to have to fill those spots. Who else you got? Well, and I'll tell you this, too. He's probably not feeling good about it himself. But to win, we're going to have to have Parker Stinnett. You don't have a choice. And you, you say, why? Look, the guy strikes out basically two batters in any. Now, the key, what was it in the ball game Saturday, though? Like, how many strikes did he throw? It was like, like 12 pitches and four strikes. Yeah. So, you almost think that's kind of a mental issue. Especially if it's fastball. It was fastball misses. Now, Mikey Tepper threw strikes. 
some of those were turned around. At the end of the day, we're going to have to have Parker Stinnett. Yeah, we're going to have to pitch him. It's just all there is to it. Yep. But I'll just say this. The, the final thought is this. A bad outing doesn't have to mean a bad season. A, a bad week at the plate doesn't have to mean a bad season. It's not like it's written in indelible ink that Parker Stinnett can't succeed. You can pitch your way out of it. You can hit your way out of a slump. He had a bad outing. What we need now out of our coaching staff is to figure out the place that you get him back in, get him back on the horse, and, and just hope it doesn't throw him this time. Maybe he needs a short horse. <laughs> well. Where it's not so scared. Well, uh, fit him in where you can. You think Preston's a short horse? Look, I'm not predicting a win against anybody <laughs> from here on out. So don't even don't even try to lead me there. Hey, enjoyed it as always. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. Our good friend is at Heartland Catfish. Heartland Catfish, producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can find anywhere. And you can find it at Warner's Fish House in Bogalusa, Louisiana. And then our good friends at Country Meat Packers and Country Pleasing Sausage, Jalapeno Cheddar, the original pineapple pork. It's just all so good at Country Pleasing. And once again, our good friends at Bank First. It's a growing bank throughout Mississippi and Alabama for any of your lending needs at Bank First. And go to bankfirstfs.com for more information. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Still haven't come up with a name yet. Today it was the Monday meltdown. And so we try not to melt down on you too bad. Kind of felt like a cool down, the old cool down day, Charlie. Hey, enjoyed it as always. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back for Out of Left Field on Wednesday.